The metaverse is emerging as the next big technology platform and promises to be the next frontier for human experiences on the internet. Into the Metaverse covers companies, technologies, and trends that are bringing these promises to life. Join creator and host Jonathan Ross Friedman, founder and CEO of SuperSocial, as he interviews the brilliant minds that are building, shaping, and investing in the Metaverse. Happy Monday. Welcome to Into the Metaverse. It's Jan here again with Lisa. Lisa, good to see you. Great to see you, Jan. It's been a busy week. It sure yeah, has. So- it's been such a busy week with a lot of announcements, and I know we're going to talk about a bunch of them. So over to you. Yeah, thank you. I just wanted to say all these announcements. There was a new product released. There was a VR headset that went up to the astronauts at the International Space Station. Elon Musk released a, ch- a chatbot. And um, perhaps the biggest revolutionary moment potentially of all was OpenAI announcing that anyone can create a GPT and with natural language and without needing to code and um, that you could even potentially get paid if people use your creation. And Jan, you created a GPT yourself already. Tell us about this. Actually, first of all, it's such an interesting announcement and a provocative approach from OpenAI to take something that is already quite debated about, which is ChatGPT and in general, uh, you know, kind of AI companions that are essentially communicating with you on in a natural language model. And and then they are announcing this thing, which they call GPTs, right? Which essentially allows anyone with zero code, no code, to create their own GPT. And yes, I got so obsessed, I spent uh, the whole night on Friday basically building a bunch of my own GPTs. I created the Roblox Game Advisor GPT to educate and inform me about how to create a Roblox game. I created a CEO Coach GPT that is based on extracting insights and takeaways from the world's greatest CEOs because, you know, every day I find myself, what would Bob Iger do in a situation like that? Or what would Steve Jobs have done? Or what would Indira... uh, um, Nui would have done from PepsiCo. And and so I trained that GPT using the platform that they created, OpenAI, and I built a bunch of custom GPTs on topics and areas that I care about. And I have to say, it's pretty incredible that you can really envision anything and train your own GPT to be your own personal companion. Of course, in the case of the CEO coach GPT, I made it public. You can make something public, you can open it with your own link, or you can make it completely private. So some of them I made public, some of them I kept private just for myself. And it's really fascinating. And you're right, you've mentioned that the next step is going to be to open an app store where people potentially, we'll see, are able to monetize the GPTs that they're building. And very much like what Apple did with the app store and with iTunes, especially with the app store, which ushered a new era of you know, mobile apps and mobile ecosystem. So it's all quite wild. And I've seen a bunch of people on LinkedIn also sharing, here's the chat GP, here's the GPT that I built. Here's the GPT I just saw this morning. Someone on LinkedIn said he created a GPT that is trained on all of Amazon shareholder letters that you can go and learn about all the uniqueness and culture and strategy of Amazon from that GPT. And so what a really cool innovation 
And I think the bottom line for me, looking at all the announcements from OpenAI and better models and ChatGPT, uh, GPT-4 Turbo, and it just keeps getting better. It just feels they are like ahead of everyone else by a mile. You know, while everyone is focusing on one thing, they are already creating marketplace applications. And so look, it, it's all very impressive. And it was definitely a moment where I was like, this is so cool. I'm going to play with it. It's probably like a toy. But we talked about in the podcast before that some of the greatest inventions in the world typically looks like a toy at the beginning. But this is a really interesting development. And I'm looking forward to see how the chat GPT ecosystem that OpenAI is building with an app store very soon. I think they announced that they're launching an app store maybe by the end of November. I'm really looking forward to seeing what people will make, what are the commercialization opportunities, and how it kind of continues to push forward the entire you know, generative AI and AI general uh, category. Yeah, absolutely. They are so creative and then they're allowing us to be creative, which is really interesting in all these new visions they have. The one thing I read that was a little bit worrisome, if you you know, take it further, as it said, could someone create an algorithm that manipulates the stock market? And then you sort of pause and say, well, it's even what you're saying about Amazon, sort of the, you know, the inside, inside baseball, um, everything is sort of fair game now, it seems. Well, I think that, you know, it's interesting because um, through the experimentation that I've been having with um, the ChatGPT builder or playground, I tried a bunch of different things and you can see that they don't allow you or it's against their terms of service. So so there's definitely limits to what they're going to allow people to do. I even, I wasn't trying to manipulate the stock market, nor do I want to. Um, but I did try something where it was really a choice of language rather than me trying to provoke it to do it. But I wanted to create an image that was inspired by the art style of Henri Matisse, the famous painter. And I wrote it in a way that probably the GPT felt that I'm trying to infringe and create something as if I am Matisse. And it told me that this is against their terms of service and they cannot do it, right? So it seems like they are training the model to avoid and prevent things like, I mean, this is a really, really simple example. Now, are there going to be sophisticated bad actors that are going to try to manipulate, especially using you know generative code? Uh, probably yes. I think that is where it's really important that, and we talked about it last week with the executive order of President Biden about the AI initiatives through the White House, how important it is that there is transparency. And, you know, I've mentioned that in my podcast interview with Tim O'Reilly that was on Into the Metaverse a few weeks ago, I've mentioned Tim's point of view, how important it is that there isn't just an effort to have a collaboration between government and industry but also that there is real transparency in how these models are trained, what are they trained on, and there's guardrails to ensure that we know and the government knows how these models are built. So there's definitely a lot to be addressed there, uh, but uh, what you're raising with the stock market is a very provocative point that ultimately there are even bigger issues, world peace, uh, military, uh, bio, right? All of these areas that are so important to ensure that they cannot be manipulated by bad actors. Absolutely. So um, switching gears to another fun device being released this week, Human AI, which you and I discussed last week, but now we've actually gotten to see the demo. 
And um, I thought it was pretty cool. I like that the one feature I liked is that the video is coming this way. So you can still be present and in the moment. And you're not watching the rock concert through your phone or your child's performance through a phone. You can enjoy it and it's taking the video. But you you have your reservations. Tell us about that, whether you still think this is the the thing that will disrupt the iPhone or not really. The bottom line is this. I think it's an incredibly impressive accomplishment from a product standpoint. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, I've built consumer product, physical connected products in the past. My first company was a computer company, built hardware, software content. So what they've done across the hardware, the software, the AI, the user experience, the user interface, it, it, all, it all is very thoughtful um, and very impressive, uh, right? I think this has been in development for about five years, you know, with dozens of patents. So kudos to them and what an incredible accomplishment from a product standpoint. That being said, I find it hard to believe that this is a product that is going to be the successor to the iPhone or to smartphones. I still think we're using smartphone at a certain level and this is going to grow. What I mean is, I believe the smartphones, iPhone, for example, will have much more functionality that is of seamless nature in the future before I think we dispose of the device. If you look at the iPhone today, it's, a, it's still a relatively bulky thing, not, just, not in terms of the size. What I'm talking about is more in terms of the thickness of it. How about we get to a place where these devices can be folded, can almost be rolled, can be like a little thin layer of, of, a, of a surface, right? Um, that feels a bit more seamless. And, and so I believe, and, and look, I might be wrong, and this has nothing to do with PNAI and what Humane, which is you know, a really interesting company, uh, launched. My point of view is that the smartphone in its next generation will continue to be the hub and the focal point to connect with other devices. Could be devices like Umain's AI pin, could be game consoles, computers, whatever it is. I don't see yet what is a product that is going to take over from an iPhone or a smartphone as the focal point device. I look at the AI pin from Humane as a great potential extension. But to think that we're going to stop using an iPhone and just use something like the AI pen, I think that's not something I see. And not because I don't think it's a cool product. I mean, I'm excited. I, I'd love to get one and try it out. I just think that the modality of interaction is, I don't see how it answers all the use cases that a personal computer in your pocket answers as a phone. And I think it's going to take time. And then the question becomes, in terms of levels of success, the question becomes, do people, is Humane able to position and communicate to people that this is a product that is a replacement to your iPhone? Or is it an extension to the iPhone? If it's a replacement to the iPhone, that's one conversation. If it's an, an enhancement of the iPhone, then it becomes a novelty. A novelty at $700 price point. It's quite, a, it's quite a big ask. And I think that's what 
I'm curious on seeing. My impression at the moment, I'd love to be wrong for the entrepreneurs who built the company. My impression is that the AI pen is going to be perceived as an extension of the iPhone rather than a replacement. And I would not be surprised if the product succeeds and they are projecting selling or intending to sell 100,000 units in the first year. If they succeed, I would not rule out that they could potentially be acquired by Apple, especially as Imran, the, the founder of Humane, worked at Apple for you know, about 20 years. So that's kind of what I think is a more realistic. So again, a standalone extension device to an iPhone rather than an iPhone killer or an iPhone replacement. That is my point of view. I might be wrong, but I feel relatively confident in this impression. Well, thank you for that. We'll, we'll, ha we'll have to wait and see, but I, I like your assessment. Um, so Elf Cosmetics launched a new experience, Elf Up on Roblox. And um, in speaking of the announcement, I was really interested by the statistic that said 56% of Gen Z says styling their avatar is more important to them than their physical style. That is fascinating. And Jan, you have a, an up-close, firsthand um, perspective and experience because it was you and Super Social who designed this experience on Roblox. Very creative. Um, it's gamifying social impact. What a wonderful thing. Tell me about it. Yeah, first of all, we're, we're, we're very pleased and, and proud of the launch of Elfap Experience on Roblox. It's really a step change in what we believe brands have been doing on the platform. We're honored that we have been selected by Elf Cosmetics as their partner on building this incredible project. Um, it's been a long time coming and we're really proud of the excitement and the reception from the community. The experience so far is receiving an incredible level of support and excitement from the community with about 97% or 98% of like ratio, which is amazing. Uh, the title you mentioned uh, of, of gamifying social impact via Roblox, uh, I love that title that Forbes covered uh, the experience in their article. I think it tells about everything about what we wanted to accomplish and what Elf wanted to accomplish, which is really empowering and inspiring entrepreneurs, change makers, and the next builders of tomorrow and coming into an experience where they can really be empowered with those values and connecting that back to what Elf stands for as a company, even though it's a cosmetics company. What's unique, and this is a, for me as as you know, Super Social has built Nars Color Quest and now Street Wash with the incredible prestige brand, uh, beauty brand, Nars Cosmetics. Um, here with Elf, the focus was less about beauty and cosmetics. The focus was about that social impact and empowering the change makers of tomorrow. Um, and so for that, I think we're really, really pleased and, you know, huge amount of credit for all the collaborators and the stakeholders who participated in building the project and especially for Elf, who really went on this endeavor with Super Social and trusting us with the project and, and pushing the boundaries of, of how do you continue to inspire young people to become the leaders of tomorrow through platforms like Roblox. So we're, you know, we're very, very proud of that. The other point you've mentioned, which I think is really interesting, that I think worth double clicking on, is something I talk about a lot, which is how much avatar economy and our identity as, as avatars and personal expression in this virtual world, how much, how profound that is and how big it is as a human behavior. And I am not surprised at all that 56% of the responders on the survey 
that Roblox ran said that they care more about their virtual identity. I think what we're seeing is that people shape their identity virtually and then that identity flows into the real world. And that symbiotic relationship and is going to be a big part of the future, I believe. And which is why these virtual worlds and avatar economy and direct to avatar commerce will continue to be a big, big frontier that we are very excited about at Super Social and believe there is big opportunities there for brands and also studios alike. Yeah, and it's interesting too, because it really is embracing this next generation. As you said, you want to see the future entrepreneurs and creators and and guide them. And I think it is it is strange for older generations to think about avatars this way, but we have to. This is what the young people and the future leaders want, and this is how they are living their lives. 100%. It's time to embrace it, right? <laughs> A hundred percent. And it's going to take time. You know, I think decision makers in a lot of companies uh, are older generations. And I think we just need to look at the behaviors. You know, I started Super Social because of an insight on behavior. I believe that this generation is going to experience the internet in a very different way than we did. And I think it's going to be in a quite profound way. And what we're seeing is just a, a small glimpse into the future. Absolutely. Well, it's so great chatting with you as always. Thank you. Thank you, Lisa. See you next week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Into the Metaverse. We hope you learned a lot and explored new aspects of the metaverse. 